Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has McKinley Wright Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we have uh, we have something kind of fun to talk about. Um, it's going to sound like we're talking about video games. I promise that we're not. Um, we're using video games as a path to uh, to do some rankings, and I am very excited about this. So so here's what's up. Um, I mentioned this before. I've been going back through the process of uh, making Colorado's football roster for Madden, the video game, for those of you who don't know. It's the video game where you play football. It's the only football video game. And the way it works is, obviously, they use, like, the NFL rosters, but each player is graded in, like, I think it's, like, 45 different categories. It might be 50 now, but things like speed, strength, agility, but down to, like, I don't even know. How well do they block against a power pass rusher? Or how good is their medium-depth route running? You know, if you're running routes that that break between the 10 and the 20. How good are they at releasing uh, off the line of scrimmage? How good are they as a defender in pursuit when they're trying to chase down the ball? Or recognizing the play when they're on the defensive side? Or, again, like all of the things that matter. Impact blocking, lead blocking, kicking accuracy. All those different sorts of things. Um, And because there's so many, it took... An amount of time that I will not be sharing to go through and make the whole roster. Um, and it's not the whole roster, I should say. It's um, like I included JT Shrout and Brendan Lewis for the quarterbacks. Running backs, you got Fontenot, Deion Smith, Victor Venn, Anthony Hankerson, Jaylee Stacks at fullback, the three tight ends, um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven receivers, 
Uh, I think only like six of the linemen. And I might go back and make a couple more at this point. Um, but but you kind of get the point. You're you're at least getting like two to three deep at every position, except offensive line, and that's because nobody respects the line like they should. Um, today, we've got two things we're gonna do. Um, first, we are going to go through and do some rankings. So like in doing this project, I had to kind of put the entire team in order of their speed. So I want to talk about who I had as the, the fastest players on the roster. And we'll do like top 10 fastest CU football players. Um, and, and I'm not even sure which other ones to go to. Um, I feel like the generic stuff, maybe strongest, maybe we could do strength today. And then at some point get into who's the best in man coverage. Who's the best in zone coverage. Um, how do the receivers stack up in those different ways? But you know, the, the point is I spent a lot of time, really thinking about every football player that's likely to be on the field this season. And I have a lot on my mind after going through that process. Um, so that's the plan for the first half of the show. Um, the second half, I'm going to have it like simulate a game and we're going to see what the numbers are. And I, I should also say this. So the first time I went through, I, um, I, I graded the players on kind of an NFL scale. So, you know, your best players, the, after you put in like the 45 or 50 different individual ratings, and on top of that, you have like the size and the speed or size and like weight and all that sort of stuff. After you go through and put all that in, it spits out just one rating that, that basically encapsulates whew, um, all of the other things like it goes into whatever formula spits it out and typically like in the real game it's like Patrick Mahomes he's a 99 um Brett Rippon the Broncos backup quarterback he's like a 58 or something like that and so what I did initially was go through and try to grade on that scale and I actually did I'm like halfway through USC um I just need to go through with the final step of the process um but like USC with Caleb Williams at quarterback he's like a 94 quarterback um but then when I did that and graded on just kind of like a curve almost, bumping everybody up to those, um, and this was like two weeks ago I got to that point, I realized that when you play the game, it doesn't feel right at all. Because even if, if Brendan has low awareness for a quarterback in the NFL, that's still good enough for him to find open receivers. Um, and so what I did the second time through was I basically just moved all the rate ratings down and almost graded them on an NFL scale. So how good would they be if they were in the NFL? So again, like the Broncos backup quarterback is a 58 overall right now. I've got JT Shrout at like a 56 and Brendan Lewis at a 54. And realistically, it's probably more like 53 and 50. Um, but I did kind of lean up just a little bit. So it's not exactly on the point, but that's more so because I think Madden underrates a bunch of guys and, that's a topic for a different day. We have plenty to talk about a day, uh, today. Uh, things like Alex Fontenot is a 65 running back, when really he should probably be more like a 62, 63, but again, we're giving guys the benefit of the doubt here. Deion Smith is a 62. Victor Venn a 54. Anthony Hankerson a 51. Um, Jay Lee Stacks is actually a 69 at fullback, which is a, a high rating for... I mean, that, that basically means he's a low-end NFL running back. Um... I'm curious why, but, but there's kind of like kind of how I went through and did all this. And then obviously you go through step by step. So you go through each position group and say like, okay, what's the speed? Um, 
and then go through each individual player, make the whole player, and then compare the position group and be like, okay, sort them all by speed. Does their speed make sense relative to each other? Does their strength make sense? And go through all the different ratings that way. And then you go through all the positions, and then afterward do the whole team together. So you get things like, I wound up with Daniel Arias being as strong as some of the offensive linemen. I was like, well, wait, that's probably a little bit overdone, but you got to go through and check and then put them all in place. I turned on a game and just had it like simulate a game. It looked perfect. I mean, there's a couple Madden things that happen where it's like, yeah, Nigel Bethel would have jumped there and tried to break up the pass, but whatever. That's just Madden being a bad game. Not my fault. Um, and there's still probably some tweaking to do, and I'm going to get through some of that, but I've gotten to the point where this number of hours that I am not going to disclose has resulted in what I think is a pretty accurate roster. Um, so like I said, we're going to go through just a couple of these rankings and talk about who's the fastest on the team, that sort of thing, but also simulate a game and just look through the stats. We're seven minutes in. There's the plan for the day. I had a lot of coffee this morning, and again, like I put, I just finished up like the final four hours of this process this morning after staying up late last night after you don't even want to know the, the days before that and like I said there were weeks before that even um but yeah also little life stuff I mentioned yesterday that my dad is coming to town he lands in like an hour and a half and he's gonna uber over here I still like what is this this is a lasagna plate that's a taco bowl because I ran out of plates that's a half drank twisted tea that's a half drank snowmelt um there's just like crumbs everywhere so we're gonna fly through this podcast i'm going to uh pretend i don't live like an animal um and everything will go great and then i mean we're just going straight over to watch that um to the bar to get ready for the hockey game tonight then head over to the hockey game tonight i'm fired up i'm very fired up um, but, but let's, let's get on topic here. Where do we start? Let's, I've been plugging this fastest thing. Let's start with the fastest players on the team. And I'm curious what you guys think of my thoughts here. Um, but I've got, actually, should we go backwards? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So there's actually seven guys tied for 10th place. So we'll just name them all really quickly and move along. 10th um, place in my speed ratings. Um, all tied, Nigel Bethel, Jalen Stryker, RJ Sneed, Montana Lamonius Craig, Tyron Taylor, Alex Fontenot. And maybe you could bump him down just a little bit in hindsight. No, I feel good about that. Ty Robinson, again, maybe you could bump him down a little bit, but he fits in right here. Anthony Hankerson. And Anthony Hankerson's a tough one. Um, he might actually be a step slower. Some of these guys that we just literally haven't seen, like you have high school tape to look at, it's tough to say just how fast they are, just how strong they are. Um, but I feel pretty good about that. Um, into the, the top nine, though. Uh, two guys tied for, I guess, eighth and ninth place. Kalen Moore, Torin Pittman. Um, you know, Kalen Moore... Again, how does he compare with Nigel Bethel? I had him just one notch higher. Um, that might be wrong. Um, but I feel like in watching them play, that's about right. 
throw in that Nigel Bethel's coming off injury and I feel good about it. Um, with with Torn Pittman, the the physical tools are all there for him. You know, 6'4", 187, fast, big, strong, all those things. Really good special teams player. He is a fast guy. The question is more so, is he going to fit in at corner after spending those first couple years at uh, at um, safety and just like which tools translate and the fact that he's like looking from the back of the defense beforehand and is now going to be lined up at corner like you expect him to be pretty solid in zone coverage but still has some work to do in man those sorts of things um, but in terms of just like pure athleticism like I said he's he, he tied for eighth in my speed rankings um, so s- what is this up here this is Seventh, sixth, and fifth are all tied, just one notch ahead of them. We've got Josh Wiggins, the the freshman cornerback. We've got Jalen Jackson, the wide receiver, and Victor Venn. So that's tied for fifth through seventh. Um, a couple tough ones in there. Obviously, like let's start with Jalen Jackson. He's been around. He is one of the fastest players on the team. But again, like a bunch of injuries, and specifically the lower half of his body. So does he wind up being the fastest player on the team? I think there's a path for him. Um, but just because he's been banged up and because we haven't seen him on the field, knocked down to this 5th, 6th, 7th, tied with two true freshmen. Josh Wiggins, I think, is fast. In hindsight, I might make him just one notch slower. Um, and then Victor Venn, who what he, what he does is speed. So I actually feel really confident about where Victor Venn fits in here. If anything, I bump Josh Wiggins down. I, f- I feel good about Jalen Jackson there as well. Um, tied for fourth, third, and second. Maurice Bell, Dion Smith, Nico Reed. Um, and, and this is another one where Nico Reed, this is absolutely where he belongs. That one I'm really confident in. Um, Nico Reed should be tied for second on this list. Um, the question is like with how many people and, and who in particular Maurice Bell is right there, similar to Jalen Jackson. Like he's a speed receiver who, I mean, I mean, Jalen does have a little bit more quickness to his game. Maurice may be more pure speed, you know, kick returner type speed. Um, but again, lower body injuries, haven't seen him for a minute. Um, if anything, you bump him down a notch probably, although there is a path for him to get bumped up a notch by the end of the season as well. Um, with, uh, with Dion, again, I've, if anything, you bump him down just one notch. I, that's where he was. He was one of the last ones I gave a little bump to. Uh, we know he's fast. And and actually with Dion, I made him faster than he is quick. Um, for perspective, this means nothing most of you, but I gave him an 89 speed ranking, which, again, is compared to NFL players. Uh, if you just look like who do the, let's see, the Browns. They've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. The Browns have twelve players who are faster than Deion Smith is. If you line Deion Smith up in a race, would he finish thirteenth on the Cleveland Browns? I guess then you factor in there's like two more who are tied with him. Of those, both of them are have better acceleration. And so you, they should win the race because they get up to top speed faster is the idea. Even a couple people right behind him wouldn't. So is that right for Dion? Should Dion be down one more notch? Maybe. But with that acceleration down lower, I feel pretty good about it. 
Um, and then fastest player on the team, Daniel Arias. Um, he's another one where his acceleration rating is actually the same as Dion's. It does take him a second to get going, but when he gets going, I'm, I'm confident saying that he is the fastest player on the team. Um, that's the speed is not his trouble. Um, where do we, let's see, what should we do next? We want to do strength. Let's do strength. That's a fun one. We'll do the reverse again. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So this is, th there's there's one big tie in here. I guess we'll get there when we get there. Tenth, tenth strongest player on the team. I've got Guy Thomas. Um, he's big. He's strong. He, I, I think you could look at the way he plays and say he he should be higher on this list. He is stronger than 10th on the team. And it's tough because like when you're at the NFL level, all those guys like the linemen are just going to be stronger than the linebackers. It's the way things go. When you look at the other spots on this team, sometimes the differences that would be very wide, like the difference in, you know, man coverage ability between a linebacker and a corner, like the corner is just going to blow any linebacker out of the water. Um, at the college level, you know, everybody kind of comes in as a fairly similar football player. Like, they're, they're, if, if you're a cornerback, you have, like, traits that make you seem like a good cornerback. You're probably fast. You're probably long. You're probably a good jumper. You might be pretty decent in coverage, but for the most part, you're not going to be very refined there at all. And so, in terms of your actual technique in coverage coming into college versus the technique in coverage for a linebacker, yeah, the corner's going to be better. But how much better? And there's a lot of cases where as they even grow throughout their time in college, I, I think that the athletes are, in general, more similar in the college level than they are at the NFL level. Now, there's some outliers. You know, you have guys who are KJ Trujillo size, and it's like, well, yeah, your, your strength is way, way, way lower than anybody else, and that's just the way it is. Um, but with Guy Thomas, you know, again, the point of all this being... I have him in front of even like a, a Justin Jackson, a Naeem Rodman. And I think, you know, that was tough for me to do. But I do think that if you just lined them up and said, okay, push this, who's pushing harder? I'll go guy. I think in terms of pure strength, I go guy. Uh, like I said, um, this ninth, eighth, seventh, sixth, fifth fourth there's actually a really big tie and this is up a, a, a notch a couple notches really from where guy is um but this is basically the whole offensive line um noah fenske jake wiley tommy brown frank phillip and austin johnson it was a uh, again i think maybe i take frank phillip down a notch um but if you do that is he really less strong than jake wiley i might put fenske up a notch in hindsight Austin Johnson's tough to fit in because we just haven't seen much of him. Um, Tommy Brown, same thing. Um, I don't think he's overly strong. So there is that big tie. And they're also tied with Janaz Jordan, um, the defensive tackle, who, if anything, could probably get bumped up a notch. Um, big, strong guy, but m more big than he is strong, you know? It's similar to Jalen Sami, who we'll get to in a minute. Like, he's a strong guy, but he's not freakishly strong. A lot of that is just, like, his weight doing a lot of work. Um, he's tough to push, but how hard does he push himself is the question for this, you know? Um, so yeah, getting up, I guess is there only, there are only 
three people in front. Just a notch above those guys, I have Terrence Lang. Again, it's tough just because that body type does not lend itself to being as strong. And, I mean, 6'7", 290. Going to be a strong dude. But when you compare that to, I mean, see, Austin Johnson, 6'3", 315. Um, Tommy Brown, 6'6", 323. Like, there is just a little bit more to work with there. Um, but, again, let me just talk about these athletes. Like, Terrence, his his strength is comparable. It'd be on the low end for an NFL defensive tackle. Um, defensive lineman. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. So there'd be 16 players stronger than Terrence Lang on the Browns. That sound fair to you guys? It's if anything, it's a little bit generous, and like I've been saying, we erred on the side of just a little bit generous because I, I well, honestly because I'm wondering if the game would just break if he made the players too bad, you know? Like in in watching the one, or I guess two drives I watched. I watched J.T. Shrout lead a drive to almost midfield and have a have to punt, and then I watched Brendan lead a touchdown drive that was on kind of a ridiculous catch on like a third and 10 because he'd missed a wide open receiver. Um, I feel like the balance is pretty close to right, but maybe I do need to bump things down a little bit. Um, so there's Terrence, like I said, at number three, two players tied for first and actually a few notches in front of where Terrence is. Jalen Sami, Casey Roddick, um, just two freakishly strong humans. And again, freakishly strong as a human means, yeah, you're just outside the top 10 strongest Cleveland Browns, for example. Maybe maybe they're just at number 10. But those are two guys who are going to get NFL looks specifically because of the strength. And the question is, do you have the technique? Does Sami have the moves to either get guy, by guys as a pass rusher, which is unlikely, or to get off blocks and make plays in the run game, which is more likely? Um, although, again, is he an NFL player? Pfft, it's probably... It's probably a 40% chance. With Casey, it's probably a 60% chance. Um, but but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, bu- 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 Ooh. Well, let's do, let's do one more. And then let's talk about who the best players I had on the team were. Um, the awareness rating. So awareness is basically just brain. And there's, like, other factors that go into it as well. Like, there's a specific, like, vision for ball carriers, which doesn't factor in awareness at all. But do they see holes develop and hit the right holes? Like, that's a separate rating. Or, um, you know, play recognition. So for defensive players, do you understand what is happening in front of you? It's like, oh, this is a run play. I need to go to the ball and try to tackle him. Or um, in a pass play, like, oh, I need to get to my spot in coverage or find the guy to cover, whatever. So that's a little bit separate, but just kind of the general, like, understanding of the game, it's a different thing. Um, We can just go in order here because there's a big tie. This is one where I was a little bit conservative. I didn't make the gaps between players all that big just because I think that there are a lot of players in similar places. Um, Yeah. And and you know if you say this guy I'm I'm I decided that I'm gonna put him really low on this rating it's like you're just calling the guy an idiot and that's something that's really like you can watch guys play and say he's faster than him and he's faster than him but but he's slower than him you know with with brains that's a lot tougher to <laughs> quantify um, but smartest football player on the team in terms of understanding his role 
and you know maybe blitz pickups or maybe like those sorts of things not making mistakes on the field number one I've got Brady Russell um again I feel I feel solid about that I think that that's probably right um there are other competitors we might as well hit those tied for second I've got Isaiah Lewis and Josh Chandler Semedo again Isaiah Lewis played a lot of football Josh Chandler Semedo don't know him all that well. He's the new guy, but has played a lot of football. You know, 31 starts. Sure, he should be right there as well. Um, next up, one, two, three, four. We got five guys tied, and those are Alex Fontenot, Frank Phillip, RJ Sneed, Naim Rodman, and Jalen Sami. Um, if anything, I might bump Phillip down just because, again, they. it's not his fault. Like, you know, I've talked to him plenty. He's a smart guy. But in terms of understanding where blitzes are coming from, he's not great at it, mostly because of bad coaching. But I should probably bump him down a little bit. At the same time, he's been around the program a long time. He's played quite a bit of football. And he is a smart guy. I think he's going to pick it up quickly, and that's why I put him right here. Um, the other move that I'd consider making is probably R.J. Sneed getting bumped up a notch. And just because he's played so much football and he plays like that. And I actually do think I probably made a mistake not bumping him up one more spot. Um, and if one more guy was going to move, it'd probably be Alex Fontenot up a spot too. You know, you forget that he was a starter in 2019. And now we're going into the 2022 season. Like, if you think starter in 2019, that would be basically starting as a freshman and now you're going into your senior season. If things had played out differently, like, there's a world in which a healthy Alex Fontenot is just a four-year starter. Kind of crazy thinking about. And if he's going into his fourth year, um, third year since he first became a starter, uh, it might be worthy of getting bumped up a notch for knowledge of the game. Uh, might as well say one, two, three, four guys tied um, for this next spot. Casey Roddick, again, that might be one notch too high. Again, it's the physical tools with him that make you think he's going to be a really good lineman. We go back and watch what he did last year. Plenty of mistakes. And he probably should get bumped down a notch. Um, but he's tied with Nigel Bethel, who again, looked good, is a veteran, hasn't played quite so much football because of that injury. Uh, Robert Barnes is tied right there. I, this is the right spot for Robert Barnes. You know the background. Spent time at Oklahoma, comes over, veteran, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then Tommy Brown right there as well. Um, again, coming over from uh, uh, Alabama, he's been a solid player. Um, and we won't dig in too deep, but this next level is Terrence Lang, Guy Thomas, JT Shrout, Chance Main, Jamar Montgomery. And the next tier is Anthony Lyle, which was an interesting one. He was fun to do throughout the whole process, like a walk-on safety, you know, um, who's just outside the rotation, which is why he's even included at all. Um, but he, he smart player lacking physical tools. Um, but this next year, like I said, Anthony Lyle, Maurice Bell, Josh Gustav, Quinn Perry, Noah Fenske. Then next up, you've got Brendan Lewis, Trevor Woods, Nico Reed, Mr. Williams, uh, Tyron Taylor, Jalen Jackson, Montalimonious Craig, Justin Jackson, Janaz Jordan, Chase Penry, Alvin Williams, Marvin Ham, Daniel Arias, Jalen Stryker, Jake Wiley, Deion Smith. That's a big tier. Um, Maybe that needs to be two when everybody else gets bumped down one, which would take an hour to do. Um, so there we go. There's there's some fun rankings. Maybe maybe when I'm short on things to talk about, we'll come back to this and do some others. Like, uh, like let me know what you want here. Like, the catching rate rankings were tough to do um, because 
obviously you think like the wide receivers probably up at the top, um, but you have things like okay, so first of all, just rank their catching ability. Uh, Chase Penry, R.J. Sneed, Daniel Arias, um, who else? Montana Lamonius Craig. Where does he fit in there? Jalen Jackson at this point. So compare all them, but then also compare it to you know the the other positions. Alex Fontenot. Where would Alex Fontenot rank? Just pure catching the ball. You turn around, you're standing wide open, 10 yards downfield. How are his hands compared to those guys? Same thing with Brady Russell or Austin Smith, who we just haven't seen all that much of at all. Um, or, you know, Nico Reed, who the coaches keep saying, he's an all-around athlete. Like, he could do basically anything he wanted to do. Um, you know, he's pretty high on the list just because, again, when you come in from high school, his hands might be as good as a receiver's hands coming in. It's the other traits that they say, like, okay, we're developing you here for this reason. Um, Trevor Woods, who picked off a lot of passes in in high school, like that was his calling card. That's probably why he's at CU is because of his ability to pick off passes. How do how do his hands compare? So we'll dig into some of this other stuff. It it tied my head in knots, that's for sure. Like the the ability to break tackles. I've got Alex Fontenot one, then Dion Smith two, then Jay Lee Stacks tied with R.J. Sneed and Brendan Lewis. Again, like Jay Lee, it's two years from now, he's going to be better at breaking tackles than RJ Sneed is. RJ's really good at breaking tackles, and Jay Lee just hasn't had a lot of experience. Now throw Brendan Lewis in the mix. You got Brady Russ- Russell one spot behind him. It was a it was a weird exercise. And again, Nico Reed is on that next tier behind because that's something that he's good at. Not for the same reasons, like he's not plowing guys over, but that's actually a different ranking. He's better at being shifty. Um the the put your head down and just knock guys over. Jaylee Stacks is number one. Alex Fontenot just behind him, tied with Brendan Lewis, with Brady Russell up next. Deion Smith might be too low on this list because there's a couple times he's hit guys in the hole and it's looked great. So, I don't know. This has been a trippy experience for me, and I think, like, there's still a couple little tweaks. Like, I, we found, like, five things I should probably tweak just going through those three, and there's 45 of them. Um, but... I think valuable and definitely interesting. And at some point, I'm going to find a way to let you guys see what this looks like on the field. And like I said, so I did USC as well, but that was, like I said earlier, when I was overrating everybody. I was trying to put them on just like a college football scale, how good are you, and not just football in general scale, how good are you. And so I have to go back through and do something similar and kind of knock those guys down. Um, But honestly, like the two teams came out probably too similar the the first time through um just because it's hard to give big ratings to those guys so after just bumping the buffs down i'm curious uh yeah that's probably still not quite close yeah jordan addison's like a 95 right now and you have to think if jordan addison went to the nfl he's probably like a an 80 and since we get give these guys the benefit of the doubt he's probably more like an 85 um, in this game, you know, Caleb Williams is probably like a 77, but with the benefit of the doubt, you know, he's probably an 82 overall rating. And the other thing is they just have all that depth. Whereas you look at what the buffs have, their best players a 72. So that's the kind of gap that you would see. Oh, and I didn't say who the best players were. Um, I've got Brady Russell one, um, actually tied with Cole Becker and, I'm going to pay close attention to how many kicks he makes and misses and from what distance. You know, kickoff was just short of the end zone, which realistically maybe it should have gotten into the end zone just given what we've seen from Cole Becker. So maybe he does need to bump up that power a little bit. Accuracy, you know, he 
he should miss about 30% of them based on what we saw last year. Um, then I've got Isaiah Lewis. He's actually tied with Jaylee Stacks at fullback, um, but that's because fullbacks are just inflated. That might need to be tweaked because he's not one of your top players. Um, then you've got Guy Thomas tied with RJ Sneed, um, Nigel Bethel right behind him. Then you've got Casey Roddick, Alex Fontenot, Chandler Shimado, Rodman, Terrence Lang, Sami all tied. They've got Quinn Perry, Torin Pittman. Some of the defensive players got bumped up a little bit higher than they should be. Torin Pittman, Kalen Moore, Jamar Montgomery, Tyron Taylor, Deion Smith, Josh Gustav, Chance Main, Alvin Williams, Marvin Ham. So there's a couple guys who kind of stand out. But when you do the individual ratings, it feels like they don't. So maybe I need to find a way to deflate a couple of them. Who knows? Who knows? Or we just figured out which players are ready to break out. And uh, Jay Lee Sachs is about to be the best fullback in the Pac-12. Who's to say? Um, like I said, though, I'm going to pause this. I'm going to simulate a game. And in the second half, we're going to look through the numbers. Because what the hell else are we going to do? Before we get into that, though, I um, want to tell you guys about a couple awesome things that are going on. First of all, Breckenridge Brewery is always incredible. We love all of the things that they do. And... Right now, they're doing something that's probably my favorite thing they've ever done, and that is this. They're giving away a pair of tickets to every Avs game throughout this uh, Stanley Cup Finals, and uh, they're, it also comes with like a beer at the game and some stuff like that. But the way to get them is to nominate somebody in the community. They say a community superstar, somebody who's like, you know, maybe a teacher, maybe somebody who like saved a puppy. I don't know. Um, but somebody awesome in the community who's also an Avs game. And you just go to their website, breckbrew.com, nominate them. And I think they're actually picking a couple people to get a pair of tickets to each game. Plus, throughout these playoffs, uh, every sale of the Avalanche Amber Ale at like bars or wherever, you, uh, you're, you're helping them donate to the community fund Boulder County to benefit Marshall Fire victims. A portion of every sale goes to them. So it's awesome stuff. Get in on that. Make sure you're drinking Avalanche beers and nominate somebody. Um, also, Sexy Pizza. Um, I'm pretty sure this promotion is actually over, um, but there's a chance that if you try the code DNVRAVS, D-N-V-R-A-V-S, no space, on the their website, www.sexy.pizza, it'll still work. They did it through the, the last round of the playoffs. I'm not sure if they're doing it in this round, but... It's 15% off, or at least it was. So that's still worth a try. There's four locations in Denver. They've been in the community for over a decade. Awesome people. Um, we love supporting them. They love supporting us. It's a cool thing. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good stuff. All the different sizes, all the different toppings, um, vegan options, gluten-free options, sides, www.sexy.pizza. Okay. So um, we're going to go through and... We're going to, first of all, this first team is going to be Brendan Lewis. Uh, he's going to be quarterbacking. Um, we're going to be playing, well, here's the other piece. I, I They're both running 4-3 defenses because that's what the buffs are probably going to run. Um, offensively, I've got the JT Shrout team um, running a West Coast offense. I've got the the... Brendan Lewis team running more of like a, it's actually the offense that I use with Lamar Jackson in the DMVR Madden League. So I'm lucky enough to have the best player in that game. Um, so what does that mean? It means we're going to tweak who's on the field a little bit. You know, Daniel Arias for Brendan Lewis, 
not quite so valuable because he, uh, you know, he's he's a, a downfield guy, and Brendan doesn't like to throw the ball downfield. Um, same thing at tight end. We're we're going to to have uh, Eric Olson on the field, a little bit more of a blocker, a little bit more underneath. Austin Smith is going to go on the uh, JT Shrout team because, again, more downfield sort of stuff. So we're making those sorts of changes. Um, I don't think the front seven, we're just going to keep it about the same. Actually, we'll start. Let's make, uh, let's see. You want more of a run defense for the other team. So for the the Brennan Lewis team defending more of a passing game, we will go a bit light, lighter. Um, we're going to start Robert Barnes over Marvin Hammond. We'll flip that on the other one. Um, cool. That probably makes sense. On the other team, the uh, the the JT Shrout team, we're going to make Alex Fontenot just a bell cow. You know, expect a little bit more throwing with that team, so more room for bell cow back. Whereas with Brendan, probably more running. So you want to vary it up a little bit, give Dion more touches. Um, you want to uh, make sure you have Daniel Arias out there, more downfield stuff. You have RJ Sneed in the slot instead of with the Brendan team. You've got Penry in the slot with RJ outside, so it's more receivers who can get open underneath. Um, you uh, you also with the Brendan team, you have like Tyron Taylor lining up, making it more of a dime look. Tyron Taylor is not going to be involved at the game plan for the JT Shrout team. Instead, they're going to have more of Josh Chandler Semedo out there. Um, which is, you know, a decision. Also, I made some tweaks to the returners. Um, Chase Penry, since he's not going to get on the field all that much with Shrout's team, he's your punt returner. Um, I think it's Dion Smith returning kicks because he's not going to play as much running back, whereas it's Nico Reed, I think, doing both for the Brendan team um, because he's almost definitely your kick returner and will compete with Penry for the punt return spot. So so there's what's up with these teams. I'm going to pause this. I'm going to simulate this game. We're going to look at the numbers after. All right, I can kind of see what's happening here. looks like Brendan's team is up 13-3 to right before half. Oh, they scored right before half. Actually, 20-3 to at half. 23-3 to now. 23-10, 29-10, Okay, might have overpowered that offense just a little bit. So let's see what we have here. Um, yeah, I do think I probably overpowered that offense just a little bit. Um, yeah, so Brendan's team wins 36-17, to 17, and we will dig into these numbers. So looking at the quarterbacks, Brendan actually completed 24 of 37 passes, 263 yards, a touchdown and interception. JT was 18 of 39, 162 yards, no touchdowns, interception. So what is that? That's a uh, 64% completions for Brendan, 46 for JT, um, 83 and a half pass rating for Brendan, 47 for JT. Brendan clearly had the better day. Uh, rushing stats. So what is this? This is on Brendan's team. So you get a little bit more D on. Alex had 15 carries for 48 yards. Also had three touchdowns. So he was doing all the work down by the goal line. Um, Dion had 13 carries for 40 yards. So that's uh, 3.2 yards per carry for Fontenot. Three for Dion. Um, Brendan also had seven carries for 28 yards. And Jaylee had a carry for seven yards. Honestly, not bad on the rushing numbers. That feels like it's about right. 
Um, which is a little bit sad, but it feels like it's about right. Uh, catching the ball, RJ Sneed had 6 4 79. We're just going through Brendan's team for all this first. 6 for 79. Um, solid. Uh, 5 for 49 for Montana. 3 for 40 for Brady. 3 for 22 for Penry. 2 for 16 for Eric Olson. Uh, 2 for 19 for Fontenot. Oh, Eric Olson also had a touchdown. He had the receiving touchdown. Uh, Dion had a catch for five yards. Austin Smith had a catch for 14 yards. Jalen Jackson had a catch for 19 yards. So they actually rotated him pretty deep. Um, again, I think this would be a step in the right direction if you're getting that many number players putting up big numbers. Any of them individually don't stand out. Like if RJ has six for 79, you're like, yep, that sounds about right. Um, Montana has five for 49. You're like, yep, that's right. But then it's just how many guys did a little bit. And that's the path to success, and there was success. Uh, only three sacks allowed. Uh, Jay Lee missed a block. Austin Johnson missed a block. Jake Wiley missed a block. Um, tackles. Chandler Semedo had 10. Eight for Trevor Woods. Eight for Nico Reed. Seven for Tyron Taylor. Seven for Guy Thomas. Six for Isaiah Lewis. Six for Robert Barnes. Six for Marvin Ham. Six for Terrence Lang. Six for Trevor Woods. Didn't we already say him? We did. Oh, this is both teams. Oh, I screwed that up. I think that means... Oh, no, that's that's right. Okay. Well, <laughs> are we going back through that? Yeah, so the the Brendan team, eight tackles for Trevor Woods, seven for Tyron Taylor, six for Isaiah Lewis, six for Barnes, four for Bethel, two for Perry, two for Rodman, two for Maine, two for Lang. Um, Alex Fontenot made a tackle. There we go. Tackles for loss. You've got one for Terrence Lang. You've got one for Jamar. You've got one for Chance Main. Sure, that all adds up. Uh, Jalen Sami, Terrence Lang each had sacks. Tyron Taylor had an interception. I think that's all we got to do. Oh, did anybody force any fumbles? Isaiah Lewis forced a fumble and recovered it. Um, so there we go. Um, on the other side, the JT side, we talked about his passing stats. Um, on that team, you had 17 carries for 66 yards for Fontenot. Remember, he was the bell cow. Stacks had one for three. Dion had one for three. Fontenot also had a touchdown there. 3.8 yards to carry. Better game on that team. Shroud also had six carries for 21 yards, including a touchdown. And he fumbled. Not sure what he was thinking there. Um, I wonder if I need to tweak something in the settings to make him run less. But uh, catching the ball, did I screw this up the first time? No, I was right. So all that stuff was on Brendan's team. For JT's team, 5 for 23 for Fontenot, 4 for 28 for Arias, 4 for 45 for Brady, 3 for 56 for Montana. So good games for Montana in both. 2 for 10 for Sneed. Not great. He was working out of the slot for this team. Um, blocking sacks allowed. Jaylee and Austin Johnson allowed sacks on this team as well. Um, a little bit of a trend there. Tackles. I don't know if this is interesting for you guys at all, but I'm football starved, so I love it. Uh, Chandler Smedo with 10, Nico Reed 8, Guy Thomas 7, Marvin Ham 6, Terrence Lang 6, Trevor Woods 6, Jalen Sami 5, Barnes 5, Perry 3, Lewis 3, Tyron Taylor 3, Kalen Moore 2. Good enough. Uh, tackles for loss. Guy Thomas, Trevor Woods, Terrence Lang all had a tackle for loss. Uh, Terrence Lang had the only sack. Nigel Bethel had the only interception. 
Uh, Nigel Bethel, Quinn Perry with pass breakups. Perry won. Eh, I don't know about that. Uh, Marvin Ham had a forced fumble. He also recovered that fumble. Um, and there we go. Interesting stuff. Not all that far off reality. I wonder if I do need to... We, we talked about this before. Do I need to bump Brendan's awareness rating down a little bit? Have him make a couple more bad decisions? Potentially. I wonder, can you actually see the run after the catch? Are all these short? Um, no. Oh, wait. Yeah, you can see the average. Um, so, seven average yards after catch. So, what does this mean? So, okay. Oh, no, you can see the total. That's nice. 18 yards after the catch for Sneed, 17 for Craig, 14 for Fontenot, 13 for Penry, 11 for Brady, 7 for Austin Smith, 5 for Eric Olson. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of this damage was done after the catch, which makes it feel a bit more realistic. Um, as yards per attempt, do they do that or do I have to figure it out myself? Oh, yeah, yards per attempt, 7.1. Let's see. Can I look up what he was in real life last year? Brendan. I'm going to pause this while I Google. So Brendan had, uh, like I said, 7.1 yards per attempt in this game we simulated. He had six yards per attempt last year. So obviously improvement, but not outside of the realm of possibility. Um, I think that's all my thoughts. Um. Oh, wait. Can we watch highlights? You guys can't watch. At some point, we're going to... We're going to... Uh, I'm going to stream one of these, find a way to do it so you guys can watch um, because I'd, I'm i curious about it. I'm sure you guys want to see more football too. Um, but there we go. Brendan Lewis beats JT Shrout 36-17. to 17. Um, Maybe we'll do it again sometime. Who's to say? Uh, I'll be back tomorrow hopefully. Like, my like I said, my dad's coming to town. I think he's going to leave to catch his flight at like 5. So hopefully tomorrow night I can get this done. I also want to write something tomorrow night. Um, we'll just see how it all plays out. If not tomorrow, we'll talk Friday and uh, then on Saturday too, if we don't talk tomorrow. So that's it. I'll see you tomorrow.